Hi there, and welcome to One Body, One Life, proudly sponsored by Jamae's Fine Foods. I'm Vicky Nguyen, and I'm on a personal mission to live to 120, and I would absolutely love to take you on this journey with me. This show is focused on longevity and understanding how we can all live longer and stronger through diet, exercise, lifestyle, nutrition, and so on. Each episode, we will uncover tips and tricks to living your healthiest and happiest life for as long as physically possible. I'll be chatting to the experts as well as people who have defied the odds and explore various treatments and modalities to help us all reach optimal wellness. Kate Save is an accredited practicing dietitian, exercise physiologist and a diabetes educator. She's completed a double degree in nutrition, dietetics and exercise science and an advanced diploma in diabetes education as well as a master's in clinical exercise physiology and a master's of business administration. Kate has lectured in the fields of nutrition and exercise science for various educational institutions where her key areas of focus are weight loss, diabetes, heart disease, bariatric surgery nutrition, celiac disease, eating disorders, food intolerance and irritable bowel conditions. Kate has also been involved in assisting in the development of nutritional science subjects and assessment for Deakin University in Melbourne. Kate has years of media experience and enjoys presenting nutrition and health-related segments, as well as corporate speaking whenever she gets the opportunity. Her main objective is to assist individuals to achieve optimal health and well-being through balanced nutrition and appropriate exercise. Kate is also the co-founder of BeFit Food, a home-delivered meals company, which is scientifically formulated for weight loss and health improvement. So I've been friends with Kate on LinkedIn for some time now, but only recently had the pleasure of meeting her at the Fit Her Expo in Sydney. Sydney, And so I'm looking forward to chatting to her today about all things health and well-being in life after 40. So as you all know, One Body, One Life is all about what we can do to live a longer, stronger, happier and healthier life. So today I want to focus on life over 40. So welcome to the show, Kate. Thanks welcome. for having me, Vicky. So good to see you. I did say earlier, we've been friends on LinkedIn for a little while, but it's yeah. the first time that we met recently in Sydney at the Her Expo. And um, I think I recognised you straight away and I'm like, I, you did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, I know you, but I don't know you. So finally we get to chat. So first, tell us a bit about you and where your interest in health all begun. Yeah, I had my own personal health journey and it started from a very young age, from the age of 18 months until I was 19, I was in and out of hospital. And it wasn't until uh, much later on that they actually recognised that it wasn't in my head, that I wasn't making this up. So I had eight years of medical appointments with no conclusion. And then my parents just went, you know what, they can't find anything. It just mustn't be anything. When they found it, they said it was a medical emergency. I had a tumour in my bile duct and they wanted to do emergency surgery. Wow. So my answer to that was, I'm busy. I've got a birthday. I was doing a swimsuit competition. And wow. I said, you're going to hack up my stomach. I'm going to do all that first and I'll see you in two weeks. Yes. And as you can imagine, being a parent now, my parents were mortified and I'm like, oh, silly teenager. But um, you know what? I had the surgery and it was fine. And um, Wow. Yeah. So, so that was my interest in health. I constantly was being told it was what I was eating that was upsetting my stomach, not that I had this great big growth in there that was blocking my bile duct. And That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And so what were your symptoms? Uh, extreme pain, extreme pain that could go on for days, vomiting, um, not being able to use, you know, go to the toilet or anything like that. So um, wow. pretty extreme. Yeah. That's crazy. And so the tumour was blocking the bile. So obviously bile yeah. is such an important thing for the digestion, break, digestion yeah. breaking down food, etc. And then it blocked the bile duct, which then filled up with stones. So the pain was just a gallbladder full of stones that was never diagnosed. Wow. Yeah. 
That's amazing. So hence your lifelong journey yes. in health and fitness and well-being. That's amazing. So as you know, I'm 45 and most of our listeners are around that age as well. So I wanted to talk to you about life over 40 um, because it's such an interest to me because my personal mission is to live to 120. Yes. So nutritionally, what do we need to consider as we age? I mean, we all know about, you know, the basic, but we, I want you to really just debunk some myths and things like, I mean, there's so many myths out there. You know, you can't, yes. you can't build muscle without protein and fat's no good for you and carbohydrates make you fat and you know all yes. those things don't have too much fruit because of the sugar yes. I wanted you to tell us what we need to do and what we need to consider and as boring as it sounds you actually need to make sure that you're having such good variety in your diet and yep. the reason for that is actually scientific it's because we haven't actually identified what it is in plant-based food that is good for us we've identified some vitamins minerals macronutrients but we actually don't know what keeps the plant alive we haven't been able to extract that put it in a bottle and feed it to people. So it's very much around the things that we don't know that I believe is really important. I think a lot of the problems in society is we actually don't eat enough of the good foods mm. and we have these nutrient empty diets full yes. of calories, full of all the things that we might hear that we need, but actually there's no real substance to them. They're so devoid. Yeah. It's true, isn't it? Yeah. And that's the thing. It's, I, I talk about this all the time as well. It's like if you're eating food that's devoid of nutrition, you eat more of it because you haven't yes. met your nutrient requirements. Whereas if you're eating raw whole foods, it's like it satiates you because all your requirements have been met. So that's interesting. Okay, so what about in terms of like protein? As we age, like yes. now that I'm 45, is it something that I need to consider more, having more protein in my diet to keep the muscle mass? Look, as we age, we become, uh, generally speaking, more insulin resistant. Okay. And through that process as well as we age, sometimes our thyroid function decreases. So this leaves us actually feeling hungrier. Right. So when you've got an increased appetite, less thyroid function, more ability to store fat, and some people are what we call metabolically inflexible. Okay. So they're not very good at switching out of a fasting mode of burning fat into burning carbohydrates. So then all of a right. sudden we start converting carbohydrate into fat. Yes. And this is where we end up with the metabolic conditions, mm. I guess, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, dyslipidemia, high blood sugar levels, and eventually type 2 diabetes. Yes. So it's a vicious cycle, but as we age, we actually need to work harder towards our health, not less. So uh, I think uh, habitually we do less exercise, we have more sedentary behaviours, and mm. we often associate getting old with uh, our body breaking down and not working so well, but actually habitually we change our behaviours. So we are actually less active. So it, you've got a double-edged sword there that, yes, there Absolutely. is a process through ageing, yes. but it really is self-induced a lot of it as yes. well. Yeah. yeah. And do you think that's because people don't have, because of years of eating incorrectly, they get they, they don't have the energy or do you, what, what do you attribute that to, that lack of movement yeah. and desire for movement? So I guess the importance of movement as we age is the mitochondria of our cell, like the, the life in the cells, the part that actually gives us the energy yeah. to use needs to be really maintained and unlocked. And if you're not exercising, then your ability to recycle your mitochondria and to produce energy is really, really limited mm. and it gets worse and worse the more sedentary we are. And often as we get older, we stop doing some of the fast twitch movements. Yes. So the movements that are really important, power, explosive, concentric 
movements yeah. that would actually maintain that mitochondria and that turnover and help us age better. Yes. Interesting. It's interesting you say that because I used to run 6Ks every day, yeah. like a marathon a week, yeah. 42Ks yeah. every week. And um, now I'm down to like two or three runs a week. But yeah. that has not been – and I've always been active. Yes. But I know that that is an age thing as well. And I've just – I don't have that desire to yeah. move the way I did. So I'm doing more Pilates and weight training yes. and mixing it up. Yes. But um, it's interesting how your body has a wisdom as well. Yes. It tells you, you know, what it needs or, you know, just, yeah, I noticed in my joints I wasn't feeling as good. Yes. <laughs> and I think that's really important to acknowledge. And this is where I talk about the the variety and mostly plant-based foods. Certainly. Yep. yep. Each to their own. I'm not a vegetarian or a vegan, yes. but plant-based foods we actually need to eat more of as we age because we Definitely. need those uh, antioxidants, those polyphenols, all the things that are in the plant-based yes. foods, and some of them haven't even been named or labelled yet that we know actually sustains life. And when you look at the centenarians and exactly. the blue zones, we know that they're living longer and stronger because they're physically active, Yes, but they're also eating a lot of plant-based foods and certainly not processed foods. They're more vital aren't they? Yes. Yep. And they have a need. purpose in life. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's key. That's key as well. Yeah. And so what about just going through the basics? So protein's one thing, obviously yes. we need to be, we need to consider, like you're saying, more plant-based. Yeah. Um, Mindful protein because our protein requirements actually do slightly increase. And the reason being for this is we become less able to break down the protein. And as our estrogen levels decline, we actually become less anabolic. So we can't build muscle very well, ah. we become more catabolic. So we break down muscle in preference to building it. So right. our protein requirements become more important. So they say they increase, but overall they're possibly not increasing because we're losing muscle mass. And on average, we lose about 8% a decade or 300 grams a year, which it means by the age of 70, our muscles are actually 30% smaller than what they wow. were when we were 20. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So weight training obviously is a better weight way to go. Weight training is key. Yeah. Yes. And yep. things like your Pilates or a form of Pilates where you're using resistance. Yes. But that ability to, in, I, I know in my Pilates class this morning, we had to do those awful things when you're on your hands and legs and accelerate out <laughs> yeah. and come back in. I can't even think of what they're called. Um, By the end of the class. The wheelbarrows? Are they? Uh, Yeah, and we did it this morning as well. Yes, yeah, they're explosive movements, but that is really important for the mitochondria, for the muscles, for the fast twitch fibres. So keeping a little bit of energy to really go as hard as you can. And I know this morning my post was uh, the trainer got every last bit out of me. I could (laughs) not move after the class. Yeah. It's not hard the whole time, but you're constantly pushing yourself and that's what exercise should be. You don't need to go and absolutely flog yourself for hours or, you know, run a marathon at this age, but you do need to do within your capability at your maximum or just below your maximum. Otherwise you won't get the benefits and you won't progress. So it's this progressive load that's really important. Okay. Interesting. And what about carbohydrates and all those, you know, the, the, the myths or the theories on, you know, too many carbohydrates make you fat. Yes. For example. I I think I always default back to that metabolic flexibility. And as we age, we are actually 
less tolerant to carbohydrate. However, it does depend on the individual, their weight, their their history with food, um, their insulin resistance or their ability to use insulin. And if they are ageing like the majority of Australians where 67% are overweight or obese or just over fat, our body fat is beyond what our personal fat threshold should be. So it's not based on weight. It is just based on your fat threshold. What what level does your body like to be at to function well? And you can tell yourself that if you get hungry all the time and you get fatigued easily, then it's probably because you're overshooting insulin, the fat storage hormone that pulls glucose out of the blood, and you're feeling low and maybe you are a little bit um, less tolerant to carbohydrate. Ah. And it's not just for people with insulin resistance or people that are overweight. Actually, normal everyday people, about 40% of people could still be um, a little bit carbohydrate intolerant just ah. as they age due to changes in muscle yes. mass, changes in hormones. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's really important to be mindful of what carbohydrates you're eating. And mm. uh, a doctor friend of mine, Dr. John Tickell, he hates oh, when yes. you call carbs yeah carbs instead of carbohydrates. And he's a big believer that carbohydrates are the the only food, you know, the number one food, the really important food. But he refers to carbs as all of your plant-based foods, which Which is is the truth. Like a snow pea is carbohydrates, very limited protein and fat. Yes. Um, And I think that's the mindset that we think that carbs is just bread, rice and pasta when in actual fact, Anything plant-based potato, is. sweet potato. Yeah. yeah. It's all carbohydrate. Yeah. So my theory is if, as long as you're choosing um, in terms of grams, lower carbohydrate veggies and salads, you can eat yeah. them unlimited. Eat them until you can't eat them anymore. Yes. And that will actually help you achieve a healthy weight because they will fill you up. Exactly. They're full of dietary fiber. They improve your gut health. And more importantly, you change from the inside out. So you actually change your gut microbiome and it's your microbiome that actually determines your weight and they've shown this in rat Ah. and mice studies so if they do a fecal transplant from so poo transplant from an (laughs) obese mouse into a thin mouse and a thin mouse into an obese mouse they give them the same food their weight changes oh wow the thin one becomes obese without changing their diet so that's amazing so it's the gut microbiome microbiome so the more plant-based foods that you can eat you can change your gut microbiome and sustain a new weight and this is why i'm not a huge believer in any of these meal replacements as um you know a life source that's Um, right i understand that people are time poor and busy and you know what have one of those instead of making excuses to go through the macca's drive-through yes i get it yes but replacing meals by doing that all the time, you're not going to grow the right gut bacteria exactly. that we need for yes. that plant-based food. Exactly. So. And it's just not sustainable long-term either no. for the cells and the replenishment yeah. of the body and the vitality in the skin yes. and all of that. Yeah, it's processed. It is only processed. So yes. each to their own and people that have gone down that path, it's a start. It means that they actually want to change. You don't go devoid of food and not be serious about wanting to have a health goal, but they've been led down the path where they feel that that's the only option because they're time poor or whatever it might be. Or maybe their doctor recommended it. It, It's the gold standard around the world. So um, it's possible, but um, you can do it with whole food. Yeah. And what about fat? Yeah. Fat is really important for all of our organs and it's vital for life. However, I think it's really important to distinguish between essential fatty acids and non-essential and which types of fats, because eating fat for the sake of going on a keto diet and eating Mm. fat is no good for anyone, because that is just 
eating calories for the sake of calories, not no one's focused on nutrition or nutrients. Exactly. They're just focused on a macro and yes. a, um, an energy source. But having healthy fats of a part of a balanced diet, your olive oils, avocados, salmon, even flaxseed, chia seed, those sorts of things, mm. they can help with menopausal symptoms. They can help with balancing hormones. They're anti-inflammatory. So yeah. really important. Interesting. I struggle actually with fats, too yeah. much fat. I've got um, Gilbert syndrome. Oh, right. which Are you familiar with that because yes. you had your issue as well? Yeah. Yes. So too much fat doesn't make me feel good. I'm the same. So yes. small amounts across the day. And I, I know you were going to ask me a question similarly about um, carbohydrate yes. and balancing it. And yeah. My philosophy is that um, when we're balancing carbohydrate and protein, it helps maintain blood glucose levels, yep. but small amounts of fat as well. And trying to really have a balanced meal, like eating two tablespoons of olive oil for someone like me and perhaps you yeah, would give yes. you a tummy ache. Yes. But using cooking with olive oil or having some avocado or some nuts within a meal yes. where you've got other foods as well probably manageable. makes it a little bit easier exactly. to digest. Absolutely. Yeah. And what about uh, fibre? Yeah, <laughs> that's one thing. I mean, we've created a product, a breakfast bowls, specifically for the fiber content because there's yeah. nothing on the market that I was happy eating yes. at breakfast time. But I've noticed that people around me don't have enough fiber. Absolutely. You, yeah. Yes. And, and I think because we have such a processed diet, yep. fiber only comes from the unprocessed component of the food. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because that's right. And so people are generally not getting enough fiber. Yes, that's right. And, and that is the one of the key ingredients that feeds the gut microbiome. So exactly. it's the part that the human body can't digest that goes to the large bowel that's then fermented and used by the bacteria and it gives exactly. them nutrients that they need to grow and thrive. And they actually outnumber human cells. It was thought to be close to 10 to 1. Now they're saying it's probably 1.3 to 1, but they still outnumber human cells. So wow. they need to be fed. They yes. can't they can't feed off processed foods. They need wow. the fibers and the plant-based foods. So yeah. what do you do? So with people who have an unhealthy gut microbiome and do struggle with weight, yes. where do they begin? The same place as everyone else, just starting Diet. to really implement more plant-based foods. And yes. that rule that you don't need to limit those foods. So if you need to fill yourself up, yep. have two to four cups of low-starch veggies and salads yes. as a base and yep. then make sure you're getting your 30 grams of protein mm. at each meal and even snacks, balancing your carbohydrate and protein at snacks yes. as well. Amazing. Okay, yeah. this is great. And lastly on that one, fruit. And sugar in fruit. You yes. know, people talk about, because I love fruit. Yes. I start my day yes. with a celery juice and I have fruit yeah. galore and I love it. Yeah. But um, some people are like, oh, is that too much? Like, is that too many bananas? Is that too many? Like, you know what you said to me, foods. though? You were running six six kilometres a I day. Did. You've already done your Pilates. And Wait, it's a yeah. perfect source of energy yes. for people that are active. But if people yes. are completely inactive and sedentary and they're having more than one piece of fruit a day, yes. then all they're doing is um, upping their, their total grams of carbohydrate mm. and if they've got this metabolic inflexibility yes. where their body's insulin resistant, they're not very good at burning off carbohydrate, then it's the body's preference is to convert it to body fat because it's not good at burning it off. So it's that balance between using it around movement is yes. really important yeah. and 
everybody still needs 50 to 70 grams of carbohydrates a day as a part of a healthy diet. Yeah. Yeah. And even to get enough fiber and those sorts of things. So, um, and I know a lot of people will disagree. They'll say, oh no, I only need 20 grams of carbs. I'm on Mm. keto. But actually when you look at the the blue zones and longevity, it is the key to it is a lot of plant-based foods and they do come with some carbohydrate. And a lot of that is dietary fiber. Interesting. Yeah. One question I didn't have in here, but what about metabolism as we age? Yeah. Does it slow? And is the metabolism a real thing? I've read different things about <laughs> yeah. metabolism doesn't even exist, but what's your take? Our metabolism is lots and lots and lots of things. So it's not yeah. one thing. And I think you're right there. Um, if we consider it's a, the combination of our hormones as well as our endocrine system, yes. um, the enzymes within our body, uh, how our muscle mass functions and the the volume of muscle that we have. So as we age, if we lose muscle mass, then metabolism or metabolic rate declines with Mm. the loss of muscle mass. So metabolically active cells are only cells that are living and active. So Mm. the less active you are, the less active cells you have and less you need to feed. And then metabolism does decrease. And when we talk about increasing metabolism, we know that uh, exercise such as weight training and things like that, where you're anabolic and you're building muscle, that increases metabolic rate. And that's because you've got more active cells that you're nurturing there. So um, yes, as we age, we need less food and particularly in women, why they struggle so much with weight is Mm. if they become less active, but they don't reduce their overall calorie intake to match their reduction in energy levels, but then they've got this gradual loss of muscle mass, which Mm. contributes further to the reason why it's easy to gain weight and very difficult to lose it. Yes. Yes. Interesting. So what do you see mostly in clinic, like as a nutritionist, do you see, I mean, obviously there's a vast array of issues that you deal with, but is there... Is it weight the biggest issue for people or is it? They always come in with some sort of uh, chronic health condition or pre-chronic health condition. So whether it's the start of high blood pressure, high cholesterol, Mm. dyslipidemia where they've got high triglycerides or they're pre-diabetic or um, an inflammatory condition. It could be inflammatory bowel condition. It could be Crohn's. It could be ulcerative colitis. It could be... um, an intolerance or something like that. Right. But without fail, and we've done some surveys on this, 90% of people also want to lose weight. So there is a weight yes. component to their health condition, yeah. which makes sense because if you've got uh, a healthy weight and healthy is different for everyone, so it's yes. not about being thin, it's none of those things. Exactly. It's actually just your personal fat threshold and how does your body function the best, then you'll find there there will be a weight-related or a fat-related component because fat cells are inflammatory and they create this inflammatory environment and hence immune conditions trigger and flare and those sorts of things as well. And then that inflammation leads to the aging process as well. Yeah. That's very interesting. And so with, um, yeah, and do you think, what what is the biggest, do you think the biggest reason people struggle with weight is because of the accessibility to all the wrong foods? Oh, yeah. We, we are all time poor, without a doubt. And I think we forget that every mouthful matters. Yes. And obviously as a dietitian, it's just stuck in my brain. Like it yeah. is... It, 
your body is like a machine. If you don't put the oil, the petrol, exactly. the water, if you don't maintain it, if you don't run it, if you don't service mm. it, then it will stop working. Whereas yeah. a lot of people don't treat their bodies like that. That's they right. think it's okay to pour gallons of soft drink, eat yes, macas, yes. devoid of nutrients. It blows and, my mind. Yeah, it's like putting <laughs> dishwashing liquid into a car and thinking it'll run okay for a while. And I know. It just <laughs> blows my mind that people do it and get away with it. And I look yeah. at bodies and I think... And I look at how they, but the body, human body seems to be quite forgiving. Yes. It does. It's opportunistic. You know, it, it, uh, maybe it's not thriving as such, but it's still surviving with some people. Yeah. Um, And it does blow my mind when I see the way people eat and live and don't move and they still look okay. Yeah. It's incredible. I think it's helping people understand that it's the little things that matter most. Yeah. It's actually not the big things. We can all go out and have a big night or drink too much or have one big wrong yes. meal, but it's yep. the little things that you do every day that That's actually right. add up and make the difference. The consistency. Yeah. yeah. So what do you find? Like what are the, like in our 40s, 50s and beyond, for people who haven't looked after themselves the way you and I have, for example, what are the conditions that you, like you mentioned diabetes and so forth, what are the things that are most you're most likely to see? The first thing is they're probably really fatigued. They've just got yep. no energy and that is the number one sign. Wow. And unfortunately, to encourage people to exercise, they need to feel like they have energy. Yes. Otherwise, they're too tired to exercise. But yes. it's counterproductive because the less you do, the less energy That's you'll have. Right. So I always recommend that they start with diet changes because you start to see some pretty quick results. Yep. And then once they've got more energy in their system, it's easy to encourage them to start movement mm. after you give them back some energy. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. I've said this before in a previous podcast, you know, energy breeds energy. Yes. The more you move, the more you want to move. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's breaking out of that fatigue state and just pushing through it. Yes. Isn't it? And yeah. But like you said, I mean, if they've spent a lot of years mistreating their bodies, mm-hmm. it's obvious that they're not going to feel great. Yes. And I heard a passing comment from a a customer in our store the other day who said, oh, the cheeky girl sitting over in the corner said to me, "Um, of course, it's going to take a long time to get it off. How long did it take to put it on? She's like, oh, she goes, but she was so right. It took me 20 years to put it on. I'm not going to get rid of it by next week. And I thought, oh, that was a pretty forward comment by whoever it was. But um, the the ladies use that as her... Um, it's her purpose now. It's her, you know, it's her yes, vision drive. for herself for the longer, the longer view, the bigger picture yeah. stuff. And okay, Good. well, it took a while to get it on. It's going to take a while to get it off, but Absolutely. it's nice to give people some quick wins at the start. I'm a big believer in that. If yes. they get that, those quick wins, they feel empowered yes. and then they own their journey. You just made me think about people. I've, I've seen it on, you know, the Kardashians taking these drugs to help lose weight and so yes. forth. And one of my friends said to me recently... You know, like how how toxic is that for the body? Mm. And sure, it might be quick results, but it's it's lifestyle. It's it's having you know changing your habits is the key to yeah. having sustainable, healthy weight, isn't it? Every medication has a side effect. Yes, and. I understand at different points in times people need it and if yep. it gives them the kickstart, each yep. to their own, but yes. it is, it's a poison and it will have a side effect. So yep. you need to be prepared that you're actually going to do the work to get off it. Yes. So if you use it for the kickstart, yep. have a plan in place where you're actually going to put the work in once you've got a bit of energy yes. to do it the right way and actually correct the damage that you do through doing it the wrong way. Yes. And the only side effect of eating healthier is actually achieving better better health yeah and more energy exactly any medication will have a side effect and that's been proven of course yeah what about um have you seen the 
glucose goddess on Instagram. She talks about the blood sugar levels and looks at, she does charts on, she measures her own um, blood sugar levels and eats certain foods. And if you just have like a chocolate bar without any food in your stomach, obviously it spikes. And if you have it with protein, it, it drops, you know, it doesn't spike as much. Um, so what are your thoughts? Do you think that's the way to go as well is just combining the right foods to reduce that sugar spike? I actually trademarked carb to protein ratio Ah. about eight or nine years ago. Oh, wow. And carb to protein ratio was something that I observed in my patients that seemed to always, they could make sense of it, but it seemed to give them something to look at when they were reading a label. And I'll give you an idea. So my theory is that you really don't want to have anything higher than a one-to-one carb to protein ratio. And I mean, that's different if you're having a piece of fruit, but most of the time, well, you could put that piece of fruit with a bit of yogurt or something like that to balance the carbs and protein. So if a, let's say we're looking at a yogurt, a particular popular brand on the market might have 30 grams of carbs to eight grams of protein. So that carb to protein ratio is sort of four to one. Mm. My goal is one to one. So then you pick a particular, um, a Greek yogurt or something that's a plainer yogurt, you'll find that more often than not, the carbohydrate might be as low as six or seven grams and the protein might actually be eight grams. So it's one to one or even slightly less than one. Okay. And what that does is it it gives you greater satiety. You don't get the spikes in blood glucose levels. So then for people that are insulin resistant Mm. or pre-diabetic or uh, don't have that metabolic flexibility, you're not throwing all this carbohydrate into the bloodstream. You're slowing down the rate that it goes Mm. in, but you're putting in the protein that's actually crucial. I I mean, if we need at least one gram per kilo of body weight, unless you're sitting down to a huge, huge meal, which is not good at the end of the day, yeah. then you really need to break it up over the day to yes. achieve that anyway. Interesting. And that's great. So it's one-to-one, essentially. <coughs> Pardon me. Yes. Yeah, right. One-to-one. So one gram of carbohydrate to one gram of protein. Yeah. And look, that um, variance, I'd say... In snacks, sometimes a two to one where the carbohydrates yes. can be a little bit higher than the protein. But yes. once you start getting to a four to one or five to one, which is the majority of snacks on the market, yes. you're putting in just way too much carbohydrate and you won't get enough protein yes. at the end of the day. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. And the protein with every meal thing and having savory breakfast and eating your fruit instead of juicing and all those things are important and yeah. valid, aren't they? Based <coughs> on exactly what you've just been saying. Yes. And, and I think that importance of balancing the protein out over the day at each meal, at each snack. And yep. that's the only way you'll get the right amounts in. Okay. Perfect. So we did speak about fibre a little bit earlier, um, but do you find, what would you say that one of the main problems plaguing society, particularly in our, you know, in an older age group, I remember my grandmother always taking Metamucil yeah. in the mornings. That was her thing, you know, she'd have a, a coffee and a Metamucil and that was the start to her day. Um, do you find that that reliance on things like that is so prevalent because, yeah, what, what's your take on this? Metamucil is really only psyllium husks with a bit of flavouring. So That's the psyllium husks themselves are really not that yes. bad, but it's much cheaper to just go buy the psyllium husks yes. in their natural form and mix it into something you're eating. So it yep. becomes part of a regular meal. You could put it into your, your breakfast or something like yes. that. Yeah. I actually don't find many people at all take a fibre supplement, okay. let alone eat enough fibre, and that's probably worse than yes. um, not, not doing take, it. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay, so it's just because, like you mentioned earlier, not enough fibre in the diet, so people need it. And obviously psyllium husk is fine, so knock yourself out. But do you find that um, what are the other common things that are plaguing society that people are relying on 
perhaps the wrong things yeah, to help themselves. The majority of people will take a medication as soon as it's given to them yep. to treat their condition and actually not worry about the underlying condition. They'll say, oh, well, my doctor mm. said my blood pressure's fine. Yep. And I'll say, well, you on medication? Yes. Well, would you like to get off the medication? Because let's work on improving your blood pressure to get you off the medication. Yes. So the same thing with diabetes. Um That's how I got diagnosed with diabetes, but I'm on medication now, so it's fine. I don't need to worry about it. And they think that the medication is treating the illness and it's not. It's hiding the symptoms, but it's still bubbling away under the surface and it's progressively getting worse. Mm. And you'll know that with any medication over time, the dose increases, increases, and it won't work anymore. You go to something else and... The more medications that you're on, the more medications you'll need and Mm. you actually get sicker and sicker, you will never get to a path of wellness without trying to reduce your reliance on medications. Exactly. Interesting. Now let's talk calories. It's something I've never, but I know a lot of people do count calories. Yeah. And there's someone on Instagram as well, Adam Sullivan. I don't know if you follow him, but he's like uh, evidence-based training and he talks and he got my attention because he swears a lot. Yes. (laughs) Yes. He's quite comedic. And, um, but he focuses a lot on calorie deficit, Ah. you know, for for weight loss. It's all about calorie deficit and I've never been one to count. But do you find that, I mean, obviously that's quite an effective way to lose weight, especially if you've got to go weight. What are your thoughts? It really depends on what motivates a person because yep. if you are encouraging them, like if they like veggies and low starch, low starch veggies, salads, those sorts of things, then yep. you don't need to count any of those calories. I would never count the the calories from salads or low yes. starch veggies. Yep. So I'd say have them unlimited. Yes. You're only counting the calories in the extra things really. And we all yep. kind of have heard the portion of your protein. So yes. it's unnecessary. However, I think what people don't appreciate is that as we do age, if our muscle mass is declining, our requirements for food are less and we're doing less physical activity, we're constantly in a calorie surplus. Mm. And most people are probably in a surplus of at least 100 calories a day, which is a couple of squares of chocolate or yes. a very, you know, two mouthfuls worth of rice or something like that because they had a bigger portion of the meal than what they needed. And every decade, that's probably ending up in three to five kilos minimum weight gain. Yeah. And you're not going to see that half a kilo on the scales every year, but in a few years' time, it becomes something that's pretty mm. difficult to get rid of. And women will always talk about that weight coming on to their middle yes. after 40 or 50. Yes. And that's because of the insulin resistance, mm. the estrogen drop, dropping. Yeah. And then we're more likely to store weight around the middle, which um, increases our risk of heart disease. So um, yeah. women and men have the number one cause of death is really heart disease. And I think... We probably know it a lot more in men, but it's just as common or it's a real problem in women as well. Interesting. And that's because, I mean, is that also related to the fact of, you know, the sedentary life's not moving enough? Yeah. Sedentary lifestyles and thinking that some mouthfuls don't count. You know, I'm going to have cheese and bickies and not worry about it. That's fine. (laughs) You don't need to worry about it tonight while you're having it, but tomorrow you do need to get up and go for a walk. Yes. Don't think that... I'm yep. going to just forget about those and yes. not compensate. So I, in my mind, you compensate for those mm. things. You don't go and have a cheese platter at five o'clock after work and some wines and then go out for dinner and then decide all weekend you're too tired to exercise. Yes. And I, I think that's the lifestyle that we've got into that, yeah. um, oh, I can have what I want. It doesn't really matter. Mm. Well, 
where where are you compensating? Exactly. If you're going to go and have your cheese platter, I'm very guilty of that and a yeah. glass of wine, <laughs> yeah. but I'll go home and have a really healthy, lighter dinner. Balance I won't it out. then pick up Chinese takeaway or something exactly. like that. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about bone health because I know that's something that osteoporosis was one thing that, you know, years and years ago I remember – Again, my grandmother was on, yeah. on about it and, I mean, she was a smoker, so that, yes. I think that was a real issue for her. But is that, um, obviously, as we age, is that something we need to think about as well and consider the health of our bones? Yeah. As we age, I guess that sedentary behaviour leads to the decline yeah. in bone mass as well. So if we're doing some sort of physical activity, then we're increasing muscle mass and the pressure on the bones to build the density. But you also do need sufficient protein there to build the muscles mm. because we start to... Um, our, our ability to build muscle starts to decline over the age of 50 as well. So, or 40 really. Um, so it, it is that combination of enough protein, enough movement, and then vitamin D is obviously important. Yes, so yes. sunlight or some of the the oily fish and fatty foods, egg yolks, butters, cheeses, those sorts of things. Yes. Um, however, you'll never get enough from just that. You exactly. do need the sunlight. Yes. And then calcium as well, but... Uh, it's interesting with calcium. They say your requirements increase over time, but is that because we're not moving enough and we're not doing the things that would help? So, exactly. Um, yes, exactly. they do increase according to the guidelines, but yeah. if someone was actually staying active and eating a well-balanced diet, yes. it doesn't increase. And uh, uh, my questioning of this is really around looking at the blue zones and longevity. They're yes. not eating more and more calcium and they're not ending up with osteoporosis. Exactly. They're just staying active and eating plant-based foods. Exactly. And that's so simple, yeah. isn't it? We've just yeah. got to do it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Um, and what about hormonal health? Because obviously, you know, there's a drop in hormones as we age as well. Yeah. Is there a way, like, what do we do there in terms of keeping, I mean, obviously we can't keep the levels that are how they were, but yeah. are there foods that we can eat or are there things that we can do to yeah, reduce that impact? And I think... All of the things that really um, attribute to that rapid decline and that poor hormonal health are the smoking, the yes. inactivity, um, stress, yeah. uh, and having not enough nutrients in the diet to really give the body what it needs. Yes. And all of the, the chemical pollutants, I think, as well. Things yes. that come from processed foods, things that come from what we, our skin, hair, nails, the, mm. the products that we're using and that build up over time probably doesn't help either. So going back to getting more nutrients in every mouthful yes. and I mean, it, yeah. it's a process, but it certainly will help with healthier aging. Okay. Yeah. And same with skin elasticity. Is that a genetic disposition? Yeah. Or? Well, I mean, there you've is got Asian part, in you as well, right? Yeah, yeah. There is definitely a genetic component. I believe it's about, well, with um, you asked about grey hair yes. in one of the questions. I think it's 30% genetic okay. and 70% other things. Yes. And obviously lifestyle is one of those. And I would say the same with skin health. And I know genetically I actually have uh, one of the genes that is um, not great for collagen production, okay. but I have some other genes that are good for skin health. So you okay. can check your genetics yes. around skin I health. I have done a genetic yeah. I have to double check that one. Yeah. So that's interesting. So there's a genetic component, yep. but with skin health, you've got the components of the elasticity, the moisture. So you really need to be looking at having some of those healthy oily fats and the Mediterranean mm. style diet, the salmon, the nuts, the olive yes. oil, those sorts of foods, avocado. And then additionally to that, you want to be drinking enough water and clearing yep. toxins and keeping um, the fluid levels up. And then probably lastly, um, 
the antioxidants and the polyphenols and fighting aging is about fighting the reactive oxygen species and free radicals, those sorts of things. So if you're not putting enough of the good food in, then you're going to rapidly age. And smoking, we know, is a massive cause of wrinkles, collagen depletion. Yes. Yeah. And enough protein that you can actually turn over the cells and exercise so that you're getting the circulation for repair and regeneration as well. Interesting. I know we're short of time, but just a couple more quick questions. So I know myself, I've had a grey hen, I've plucked it out and noticed it's growing back brown. Yes. And that was always, I regretted plucking it at that point, but I'm like, this is amazing. Obviously the body can rejuvenate and maybe that time in my life when I was stressed, maybe that's when the grey presented itself, but then I, you know, found balance again and... Is that fair to say? It's interesting that you say that that might have been a high stress period. Yes. Stress is certainly linked to the breakdown of everything in the body and metabolism and those sorts of things. Yes. So I guess melanin is the, the um, responsible for the colour in the yep. hair. And in um, if you're not producing and turning over cells or you've got a, a chemical pollutants, uh, you're not getting the nutrients you need in your diet, then it's... It's a recipe. You're trying to yes. make the brown hair and yes. it's a recipe with lots of different components. So maybe you're not putting the right things in mm. or you're blocking it as yeah. well. So blocking it with, um, you know, stress can stop the body from functioning in normal ways. Yes. So yeah. there's definitely a stress element to grey hair. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I look at my dad, he's 72 and he's not got one grey hair still. My dad is 80 <laughs> wow. and he's, he's the same. my husband thinks he dyes his hair. He's got black <laughs> hair and very few grey hairs have come up now. But going back a couple of years ago, he wouldn't have had it's one. And we used amazing. to joke that he must have been plucking them out as well. It's crazy. Yeah. I was just hope. I was praying that I was like him, but yeah, <laughs> not, yeah, yeah, not quite. Okay, and just finally, what's a day on your plate look like? And oh. what is your life? Give us yeah, a snapshot of you. Actually, every day is really different. Yeah. I am not a routine person when it comes to food. Yeah. Um, I stick to that philosophy of a wide variety. Yes. Um, even today I, I went out for brunch because I was in the city yeah. having meetings. But So I got my scrambled eggs, no toast, got my mushrooms, avocado and a bit of smoked salmon. Beautiful. And to me that's just something I really enjoy. It's yes. really satisfying and filling and it kind of gets me through that sort yeah. of four or five hour block during the day. But on a normal day, if I'm at work, then our freezers are full of B-Fit food. So yes, we're eating yes. B-Fit food and that's just because it's there. It's yours and, and you know what it's they're made. They're my recipes. Yeah. It's just yes. um, four to 12 different vegetables, some protein, some healthy fats. So it's all the things that Perfect. I tell people to eat. So um, wonderful. Yeah, it's rather than making excuses, use what's available. Absolutely. Yeah. And what are your top three tips for living a longer, stronger, happier and healthier life? Uh, wide variety of plant-based foods yes. every single day. So don't limit those foods. Mm-hmm. Treat them as unlimited foods. Yes, yep. um, Making sure you are drinking a good amount of water. And yes. every hour, not drinking a whole litre twice a day, actually trying to have a couple of hundred mils every hour is the okay. key to flushing the system. Yes. And actually keeping protein front of mind to balance it with carbohydrate, mm. not because we need excessive amounts, but... A lot of the time um, people have, for example, toast for breakfast with no protein. So then your requirements for the next couple of meals become really high. Yes. So trying to find that balance and slotting in small amounts regularly with your meals. Love that. I love that. And that's yeah. something I've become more mindful of as well, protein, because I notice it's hard for me to build muscle. So yes. I'm like, okay, I've got to be more mindful of this. Yeah. Um, and finally, where can people find you? 
Uh, my BeFit Food um, Instagram, so yes. BeFit Food Australia, or yep. my Kate Save Instagram. Yep. Uh, LinkedIn, I'm really active on yes, LinkedIn you are. as well. <laughs> so um, I found you. Yeah, and Facebook, like everyone. But um, perfect. Yeah. And BeFit Food, you've got lots of different varieties of, and options for people with dietaries and yes, so forth. Yes, we do. We've got about seventy different products, and every single meal is a building block. They've all got the four to twelve veggies. They've all got twenty to twenty five grams of protein. They've Lovely. all got less than fifteen grams of carbs. So they've got that that balance that we're trying to achieve, legumes. Um, we try and make sure we put every element in, of health in there. And yeah. it's not for people to live on, but it's for them to use as a refuge when they're, they're too busy, busy. and yeah. don't use excuses. Put it in the freezer and keep it as your backup plan. Or if you Great need idea. a bit of a, a, a reset, we talk about doing a seven or 14 day reset once yes. a season. So every 60 to 90 days, bad habits creep in. We get larger portions. We eat more mm. non-nutritious food. So do yeah. a reset for one to two weeks yes. and reset the mindset just as much as your health. Love it. Yeah. Love it. And people can find BeFit Foods on Instagram. Yeah. And our website, BeFitFood.com.au. Very simple. Perfect. Yay. Thank you so much, Kate. Thank you for your wisdom. My pleasure. Love it. I'm going to be way more mindful about the carb to protein ratio as well with my snacking especially. And um, no, I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thanks so much for joining me today. I really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and follow me on our YouTube channel, One Body, One Life, to see more inspirational videos to help you reach optimal wellness and longevity. But until next time, don't forget, you've got to nourish to flourish.